Hi everyone, welcome to the Business of Brains, the podcast that harnesses the new knowledge about the brain to understand how leaders can create the conditions for their people to thrive, not just survive in organizations. I'm Rita Shah, C-suite coach and founder of The Success Lab, a boutique executive coaching and leadership consultancy. I'm also partner at the International Organizational Neuroscience Partnership, or ION for short. A very warm welcome to my guest today, Rafiza Ghazali, Group CEO of Cradle, which provides early stage funding to technology startups in Malaysia. Welcome, Rafiza. It's great to have you on this podcast. Thanks, Rita. Thanks for inviting me. It's an honor. Honor's all mine. So you stepped into the leadership role at Cradle on the 1st of June, 2020, during the pandemic and during a lockdown. What was going through your mind those first few weeks? Well, to be honest, um, before I came in, I didn't really think much about it because, you know, it's I've, I've never, uh, you know, been in a new organization during a lockdown, right? So I didn't really think about it too much. But uh, it sort of only dawned me on my first week. Uh, and suddenly I realized that, you know, okay, this is going to be, a big challenge um, and um, because like Cradle is a small organization there's only about 40 of us so initially I think I probably underestimated how difficult it is going to be because I thought oh it's it's a small company uh, it's just one location compared to some of the companies that I've worked for like you know I was at Sime Derby and we have, um, you know, various, at that time, it was the Sandabi group, right? And we have various locations, different countries, and et cetera. And even when I was at Velasco, um, you know, so we have offshore um, uh, offshore operations and uh, operations outside of KL. So I thought, you know, okay, this is a small organization, 41, you know, 41 people, and it's in one location, one office. How, how tough could that be, right? Right. And uh, so I underestimated because the fact that it is during a lockdown, so I didn't have the opportunity to actually meet uh, everyone in person because at that time we were still uh, doing 50%, you know, only 50% only allowed to be in the office and we were not allowed to sort of cross, you know, so it's team A, team B and etc. And um, so, so I, you know, like I wasn't able to do the typical town hall, meet everyone, shake hands with everyone, uh, meet them in person. So it's everything is on video. And at that time, like a lot of organizations that's not used to having online. So we have even, you know, at the start, after five minutes during my, you know, um, online town hall, we have problems with the, um, you know, with the, with the connection. So a lot of the things, the message that I wanted to tell, um, sort of couldn't get through right it's 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 not easy that's number one and then number two is that as you know you know cradles in the startup ecosystem so i'm i'm sort of you know not the typical person 
came in when the news uh, came out oh you know i've been labeled an outsider you know and there were even uh news to say you know why why her you know that sort of thing she's she's not from the startup ecosystem so even before i come in i've already been judged you know and obviously that that affects the staff, right? The, st the staff will probably like, yeah, who's this woman and why Why her? Why not anyone that they are familiar with, you know, or even people you know, internally? Uh, because obviously, you know, the, the um, position was vacant for two years. So at the beginning, there were so many people um, and, and I have to admit, uh, it's not, it's not from my industry. Say, for example, if I go to a bank or if I go to a GLC, a PNB related GLC, then yes, because you know it's it's my network. Uh, it's people that I'm familiar with. Like you know, um, I was I was you know with a bank for about seven years, so I know you know majority of the CEOs and you know C suites of a lot of the banks. So if I go into a bank, it'll probably be quite easy. Um, the network is already there or even accounting firm or something like that. But you know, to go into an, a government agency that deals with a startup. So it, it took a while. Uh, and, and of course, the first things that I need to do is to gain trust um, from my stakeholders, you know. And of course, everyone from my organization all the way up um, at the ministry level. And everyone, and at the center, everyone's like watching me and some even probably pray that I will fail. Yeah, so it's I, I really underestimated, but I think the first few things that I had to do was just to focus on deliverables because even though I'm the CEO, I'm not entitled uh, to their trust. I, I know that for a fact, and I put myself in their position. If if I'm them, and if someone comes in, uh, and that I don't know, you know, uh, that person needs to earn my trust. So that's what I did. So the first few weeks is just try as best as possible focus on uh, deliverables uh, focus you know instead of just talk so I I didn't really talk a lot so I know a lot of media were trying to get interviews from me they were you know everyone's like in my first month oh you know what you're gonna do for cradle what is it that you're gonna bring for the startup ecosystem I'm not that sort of person uh, for me I much you know my focus is look just do my work and inform my work speaks for itself rather than I go around talking and telling people that okay this is this is the things that I want to bring in yeah so did a lot of engagement attempted to do a lot of engagement <laughs> with various people uh, startups partners ministries um, uh, staff you know try to do in groups because I know individually uh, some may feel a little bit you know nervous uh, so I try to do, you know, in, in units, so I meet up with different, different teams, you know, and from there, I, I quickly make an assessment who are, you know, the people who might feel comfortable with me and who are the people who might, you know, take a little bit of time to warm up <laughs> to me, you know, <laughs> and then, um, so, you know, my, my, my job at that time was just to get things done, um, identify what are the quick wins, identify what are the priorities. I think uh, one of the difficult things to do is just to keep focus uh, and just focus on your priorities. Identify what are the what are the high impact things. And because it's very easy for you to agree to everything and be stretched and 
you don't achieve much. So for me, it's like, I've got different people, you know, okay, let's do this, let's do that, and let's do this, and let's do that, you know, come up with brilliant ideas, you know. But I think um, the first six months, every every week, like over the weekend, I would look at, okay, what are my priorities? What have I achieved? Uh, what are the progress for each of the priorities? And just focus on that. And then, yes, I do still, you know, meet different people and stuff like that, you know, but I'm just like, you know, and, and I'm upfront with them. I said, look, this, this is brilliant. You know, I would love to do that. But, um, you know, but I'm upfront about it rather than, oh, yeah, 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 let's do something, you know, and give them false hopes. I'm upfront about it. Look, you know, I'm sorry, but this is my priorities. And especially because it's going to say end of the year because I came in around June. So by the time I get myself familiarized, it's, you know, starting towards the end of the year and I just need to get our KPIs out, done. And yeah, so so it's just... To me, it's uh, keeping focus, uh, identify what are your priorities and identify people who would be able to support you to achieve those priorities. So I think that's very important. Yeah. Hmm. And, and how, how did you find that working for you during this time when mostly your engagement, your communication, your conversations yeah. were mainly virtual. Yeah. And especially it was quite difficult for Cradle as well because uh, prior me coming in, uh, people were not used to working remotely. It's it's just one of those organizations. Like, you know, when I first came in, you know, I was the one who introduced Teams uh, to everyone. Guys, you know, let's use Teams. And I get the company to subscribe to Zoom. You know, it's like, and this is like, four months of the pandemic and people were still yeah it was a shock for me because people were still sending me emails attachments with documents and you know and I was like I was being tough I said no I'm not going to review this unless you save it in teams and you send me the link where it is in teams so what I did was initially there was a bit of resistance because you know people are still still you know used to the way how they work right i.e. print, you know, scribble on the paper and then, you know, um, scan and send it to you. I'm like, this is, this is a waste of time, you know, like, and so what I did was I selected a couple of game changes, <laughs> you know, what I call it, the transformation officers, people who I felt that were a lot more open to use, to, to, to work digitally. And because you see, the thing is they will only do it if their peers do it if the boss asks you to do it like they just like sort of well less chances unless it's their peer suddenly they say oh my god you know like this manager is doing this way this way. and then that sort of put a little bit of pressure so that's what I did so I you know I literally train a couple of people how to use teams how to save upload you know name and you know hours do I imagine a CEO coming in and doing folders okay this is where we're gonna save if we, so it's very very basic some people appreciated it some people took a little bit of time uh, but finally I was telling people oh my god you know like one of my uh, biggest moment was when people were like can I call the uh, boss? Uh, I need five minutes of your time. I call you from Teams. Uh, okay, I'll call this so and so. So as you know, so now it's like seamless. Like people just 
okay, uh, you know, can you please review? Uh, this is the link, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, and, and that took like about after five, six months. <laughs> but, you know, uh, then, yeah, it, 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 it's just the things that we take for granted. Okay. Yeah, no, I have to say that's surprising to hear, Rafiza, that a company that supports tech startups <laughs> was actually not very tech savvy. Yeah, exactly. And I was like quite surprised. And plus, I'm the oldest person in the company, you know, I'm and, and I'm the one who is sort of also the de facto IT person because, you know, I'm so used to doing everything on my own, right? I'm one of those who never... Uh, in my life, I've not dependent on other people to do it. Like I would, you know, almost even if I have a PA, even I have assistants, you know, I would do everything myself. So, yeah, so and I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, probably not twice the age, but, you know, significantly much older than a lot of the staff. Um, so I was, I was quite surprised as well. But now, you know, everyone's use it. But uh, when I talked to a lot of my friends, what I faced was uh, actually not uncommon. It's quite common uh, because a lot of organizations, uh, especially it, it comes through leadership. If the leadership is not tech savvy, then they don't necessarily put investments or you know make it a priority for their staff to be tech savvy as well. So it's not it's not a fault of theirs. So I I see it from you know from from the leadership point of view. Yeah. Well, that's great that you've brought them all up to speed <laughs> and now you can work seamlessly because the tools are so important, especially yeah, when you can't, exactly. uh, yeah. can't you, 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 you know, you save so much time, you know, like, for example, I could immediately see someone edit and it's something that, you know, in my other previous organization, I took it for granted because, you know, people are a lot more open, but yeah, yeah. So those are my what I call it, little victories, but you know, it's a good start. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, but what about actually that interpersonal sort of just being in the same room at the same time? Do you, do you yeah. feel a little bit like anything is lost now that, you know, you we are forced to work this way virtually um, and yeah. we still are in lockdown, but um, do you feel like anything has been lost? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Actually, I, I miss that a lot because in my previous organization when, you know, I'm just, we, we all have our open door, you know, concept. I would go in, you know, to my, to anyone's room and I would just sit on the chair and chat because I'm, I'm not the sort of person who expects people to come to my room, even though I'm the boss, like I would just go around and, and I'll just say hello. And, you know, um, like, like the last two, some of my, some of my uh, senior management, right? I would just come in and say, hey, uh, are you busy? Are you doing anything? And I would just sit in front of them and just chat, you know. Um, I really miss doing that uh, because um, you, you know, sometimes um, it's, it's difficult to connect with a person when all you do is just talk about, um, you know, it's all just about work you know, there's no real engagement, there's no real connection. And I find that um, as, 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 you know, as a senior management, as a CEO, it's very important to have that, especially among your senior management, because, you know, you're, you're working very closely together and you need to be able to trust or depend between each other. Uh, so I need to 
create that environment where I feel where where my my direct report, say for example, my direct report, feel that they can trust in me and it's vice versa as well you know so, so to me that has always been my you know my leadership mantra but um, at times like this where you know so so I'm now trying to make you know sort of create okay let's have coffee together let's let's have a moment where we don't talk about work you know and just talk about you know how's your dog and this sort of things you know how's your you know how's your wife you know uh, has she recovered you know like oh, oh how's your pregnancy going you know it be, because before that we thought that oh this is going to be a temporary thing you know four months later five months later okay i'll be able to meet them and and i'll start and, and it's not it's been quite you know like you know close to two years now you know yeah. like it's been 18 months um so this is probably you know could be a permanent thing you know and so you know so we we started to do this and and i think it was also very important that you know i create this environment where uh, they they feel that they can come to me. Um, um, it's tough because you know there are just some people who are just so shy, you know. Who who even though you try your best, you know how are you and stuff like that, you know they'll just respond one word, two word, <laughs> yes, boss, you know, yes, chief, you know, that sort of things, you know. But I'm not gonna push them, you know. Uh, no point and make them even more com- uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, so so definitely see see a little bit some of the stuff you know started to get to get relaxed and suddenly they you know they yeah so so to me that's that's quite important to 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 make them feel that you know that that they could come to me yeah and and one of the things that I notice as well is that um, virtually you can't be as spontaneous as you might be in real life right like you say you just drop in and then maybe some idea is born out of that just chit chat yeah, that exactly. you start off yeah. because you get you know passionate about something and that develops yeah. into something and i wonder now how can that be in a sense emulated in this what is going to be our world in the well who knows for how I, long I, I will find it it's almost impossible like for example i give you an example one of the you know one of the things that I sort of look forward to, well, I'm not so sure whether people feel the same, is that, you know, when I when I come into the office, because there was a period of time when we were allowed to come, where we were allowed on a, on a skeleton basis. So there's like 25, 25% of staff in the office, right? And to me, it's just like, you know, walking through the office on my on the way to my room you know and just saying hello hi you know how are you my god this is a nice blouse or you know like hey you know like you've had a haircut you can't like you can't do that you know virtually you know like and then Mm -hmm. and then on on my way back because you know from from the main door to my room like I have to go through the uh the 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 main the office right because it's an open office so and I would and even going you know to the washroom right I would pass a couple of people's and I would just say hello oh you know like wow you know like how are you you know how was how is your break and that sort of things you know so you can't do that on teams or zoom you know like you know and 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 you can't do that in whatsapp either you know like um yeah, you put emoticon, you know, like clap hands and that sort of thing. Well done. You know, like, like 
you can't do that. So, so those are the things which I feel it's almost impossible. And my worry is that, and you know, like I've been reading a couple of articles about preparing yourself to, you know, work from office. There will be some adjustments. You know, apart from things like, you know, we, we have this joke, you know, like me and my friends, oh my God, I can't remember even how to put on, you know, like what lipstick, how to put in, whether, you know, I can find my lipstick. And then I said, what's the point? We're going to wear masks anyway, you know, like that sort of things. And uh, yeah, but I think there will be some adjustments to social, uh, to, to how people interact. I have friends complaining to me, oh my God, like, I haven't spoken in person with a proper adult because, you know, she's got like four kids, right? So <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I, I, you know, how, how do I make conversation with proper adults? You know, like, like that's my worry. Uh, uh, social skills, you know, people are used to eating next to the computer. Uh, of course, there are, there, are, there, are, there are some people who are just social butterfly and, you know, they would, be able to do that but, but I think there will be and, and and especially I feel sorry for those who come into employment during the pandemic like I have a couple of people who who are straight you know from university so they've not experienced uh, working in the office with colleagues you know next to them so there will be some uh, adjustments as well I'm already starting to plan okay how do we do this you know how do we sort of accelerate um you know the the the, the social sort of aspects uh, of working and and because to me that's very important people need to look forward to come to the office so so one of the things when i took over uh, as a ceo and and this was before i became a ceo i said if i ever become a ceo i want staff to look forward to come to work and and don't see it as a as a job as you know they see it something that they feel fulfilled and something that do something you know that fits their purpose and you know go so I'm I'm that sort of CEO for me it's very important uh that they feel fulfilled um in in what they do and that they enjoy coming to work and and they don't see it oh my god you know like Monday, oh no, you know, that sort of thing, you know, I want I, I want them, to, because like my kids, right, my kids, they love going to school, they, they feel miserable being at home, and, and when, you know, when there were, there was a short period of time when they were allowed to go to school, they were so excited, so I was like, how can I do that, how can I make my staff feel being excited, you know, going to work, so I'm already talking to a couple of people. Let's let's crowdsource some ideas. You know how to make the office, you know, some somewhere a place where people look forward to to go back rather than oh my god, you know, like <laughs> I don't want to go to the office. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll be miserable, and then they make everyone feel miserable. That sort of thing. So you know, it's um, it's very infectious, right? Um, how you feel, the the aura that you bring in, you know, to your colleagues. So yeah, so those are some of the things that you know I have in mind when we when we can go back to the office. Yeah, no, that's that's really important. And you know what also um, stood out for me was that you're saying that f- for you it's really important that your people are finding their purpose in their work. Um, mm. And what do you do about that? How do you facilitate that 
I don't have the answer because I think different people will have um, different ways of managing that. So I think it's a matter, you know, it's it's a matter of engaging with them. And, and that's what I do now with people that I interview. The first thing that I, I ask, why Cradle? Why do you want to join Cradle? What, what is it that you, you know about Cradle that, that we do that you get excited about? And if they can't answer that, then I said, okay, no, I don't want this person. You know, so to me, so to me, like even now, all of the interviews, everyone, so, so for me, because there are a lot of people who can do the work. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there. We're not short of, you know, smart people. But be, being a small organization, uh, I need to make sure that you know they they believe in what we do, the organization, uh, uh, what the organization trying to achieve, and they want to be a part of it. You know, they want to contribute as well. So yeah, yeah. So it's 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 not easy, but to me, my target is not getting hundred percent people to be converted or to, to feel that way. At least if I have 70% of people who feel that way, to me, that's important enough. Because like, you know, the last thing I want to do is to fit everyone into, you know, a culture where they don't belong, but they can contribute in their own in their own ways, right? So what's important is also diversity. You, you, you don't hire people that's, that's mini you and that's exactly you. So it's also good to also have some, what I call it, you know, people who will challenge you, people who are slightly different and challenge you. And 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 that's, you know, uh, to me, that's that's very important as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you're saying um, it's about the energy that people bring into the yeah. organization yeah. as well, right? Um, and that's yeah. infectious. And and that, <laughs> as you say, peers will will catch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because especially in a, in a small organization, when yeah. you're in a big organization, it's, it's different. Yeah, but if you're in a small organization, then yeah, it's very important. So Rafiza, reflecting back, so this 18 months or so, what would you say has been the toughest situation for you personally as the group CEO? It's, um, to me, is maintaining morale. And because, you know, obviously, uh, there will be some people who will, who, who will find working from home uh, extremely tough. Parents with small kids, parents who may not have the luxury of help. And we have some staff as well, you know, not only they have to take care of themselves, they have to take care of their parents, you know. So trying to be supportive as much as possible uh, within what is allowable, you know, um, by Credo, because, you know, we're, it's, it's not like it's my company. If it's my own company, then, okay, yes, you know, what do you want? I can do this, right? But we we are government-linked company, so there, were, there are certain things which, you know, as much as I would love to, uh, but, you know, because of governance that we are not able to do this. So to me, is um, getting people excited you know, and, and you're talking about this is this is not about one month, two months lockdown. We're talking about, you know, 18 months. How 
you know, to 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 give people hope, something to look forward to, especially when all you hear from news are, you know, all negative stories, right? People dying and people committing suicide and, you know, jobless. How do you lift the spirit up? Uh, because sometimes it, and, and whether you like it or not, you know, it, and it's not about that person is strong, strong is that person is weak. It can happen to anyone. Um, and how do you keep that? How, how you know, do you keep people motivated, um, you know, giving them hope? Okay, you know, look, guys, um, yes, you know, we will go through this together. I, to me, that's that's the toughest. The, the job itself is very easy, Rita. Um, you know, it's like we give out grants. Uh, it's not tough, you know. You make sure that, you know, you do the right things within, you know, the the, the procedures that's allowed. You know, the, the job is really, really easy. But uh, to me, it's maintaining morale of the, you know, of the staff. To me, that's the, tough, that's the toughest. No, I totally understand. You know, when things um, really start to, or when the vaccinations um, kick in and, and it becomes safe to go back, do you see a future of hybrid working at Cradle? Or would you prefer yeah. everyone coming to come back to the office? I, I think um, because to me, uh, and this is, this is why, you know, it's also echoed uh, by the board, uh, the safety of the staff, uh, to us is utmost priority. Uh, we don't want to unnecessarily put our staff at risk if uh, if coming into the office is uh, is a risk. Um, and we have seen that happen, uh, work work cluster and stuff like that. And we all know that even though you know people are vaccinated, you could still contract uh, COVID, right? Yeah. And it's quite a significant uh, percentage of our staff uh, requires public transport. So it's not so much about making sure that, you know, the work is safe for them, but how they come to work is also safe for them. So even if they don't, don't take public transport, they, ha- they ha- you know, like there was a time where we have uh, a number of our staff that we require for them to come to work, right? So these are the, our receptionists, cleaning staff and stuff like that. So what we tell them, look, you know, we give you grab credits. But even then, there is a bit of a risk. So we have to think about that. We have to think not just, okay, making sure that the office is safe, but how the people come to work is safe. Because not everyone can afford to buy cars, you know, not everyone can afford to, you know, most most families, maybe, you know, their husband or their wife needs the car more than them and that sort of thing. So, yeah, so we need to take that into consideration as well. So having experienced this firsthand, what does one need to take away from this crisis? I think different people would see it differently. For me, if I were to say, for example, if I were to do it all over again, I would make sure that I'm prepared mentally on this and maintain your composure, uh, be calm about it. And, and like I said, you know, just focus on your priorities and manage your expectations because I think leaders being leaders, they are, they, they're under a lot of pressure. 
you know, because high expectations from, you know, the stakeholders, from the board of directors, from shareholders, you know, like, okay, this is what you want to do, you know, transform the company, blah, 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 you know. Yes, of course, uh, you can do that, you know, but when things were normal, uh, but when things are this, you, you need to manage your expectations that it may not be, for, I give you an example, you know, like people are used to sprinting, okay? But now with COVID, you are sprinting, but, you know, you have rain and you have potholes in front of you. So, you know, in a normal circumstances, uh, you might be able to sprint, you know, within a certain, say, for example, you know, um, within a certain timing, right? So you need to you need to manage that and that, you know, that there could be some injuries along the way, you know. So you, you need to be able to be flexible and not be hard on yourself, you know. So the, the first one or two months when I, when, I, when I see that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't achieve the things that I thought that, you know, I have, I set targets and, and initially I thought like, oh, why couldn't I do this and that and this and that? So I was, you know, initially I was hard on myself and I thought that, you know, maybe I thought, okay, there's something wrong with me, but, but don't be hard on yourself, manage your expectations and, you know, um, and also be transparent with, the rest and it's not like you know you're trying to make excuses oh i can't meet this because of this it's not but that's the reality you know and and don't be hard on yourself just move forward and don't be down about it you know a lot of the times before i i start work right i would go out for a walk and because to me it's very very important by 8 30 when i clock in I need to be the happiest person, you know, in the organization, you know, um, and, and to me, that's very important. I can't have a meeting if I'm down, you know, to me, that's, that's unfair. If I start a meeting or whatever, I need to make sure that, you know, whatever I have, um, you know, challenges that I face that I don't, you know, I compartmentalize it and that, um, you know, as a leader, uh, it's just like what they say, right? You know, like the pilot needs to be the calmest of all, you know. So as a leader, uh, that's what you need to be. You, you, need, you need to be the one with the highest energy and and be the happiest person and, you know, be the most positive person. And so I, I before I start a meeting, and even if, you know, sometimes I, let's say if I just had a tough day, I've had some bad news and, you know, I would, Tell tell the team, guys. You know, give me five minutes. So I'll I'll try to do something. Okay, let's let's just focus, and then you know I I need to make sure that you know if I start a con call, you know, especially with the team, I'll start with a smile. Yeah, so that's what I try to do. No matter how hard it has been, you know, uh, a tough day, but you know I think if if you can't do that, you know, then to me then um well not to say that you can't be a leader, but you know then then it will be very difficult to, to be a leader if you can't do that. Now, I could see that you're such an inspiration to so many people. And, and it's not, not surprising from what you say. So <laughs> thank, thank you, you Rafiza. Very nice. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. And and thanks, Rita. It's always been a pleasure 
uh, you know, to talk to you and, you know, like, and let's hope that one day we could, you know, be able to have our coffee, you know, yes. and catch up. <laughs> yes, indeed. Listeners, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, any questions you may have in the LinkedIn comment box below, or more privately, the contact form at thesuccesslab.com. Until the next time, take care of yourself and especially of your brain. Music